Avenge the Fallen. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. Confidential Podcast. My name is Luke Kerr. Joining me today, riding in on our own sweet time, just like Melisandre in Game of Thrones, is Mel. Welcome, Mel. Hey, hey. Dan Pierce, doing a dance like the Night King. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? And Mo, I don't know. Maybe you're sitting there staring at your computer like Bran was staring into the sky. I don't know. Anyways, we have Game of Thrones and Endgame, Avengers Endgame to discuss. We wanted to make sure that everybody was here because these are two topics that are near and dear to all of our hearts. And last week when they were coming out, there was just no way to record it where we could get everybody together. So for for one half, we're going to discuss Avengers Endgame. And for the other, we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. I am not sure which of the two is the bigger deal. It is a very tough choice to make. Mel, if you had to choose which one to go first, which would it be? Endgame. Dan? Thrones. Mo? Endgame. Okay, endgame it is. (laughs) Let's talk Avengers Endgame. Mel, first Mm -hmm. quick impression about everything and anything. Wow. I think that was my reaction sitting in the theater after the movie finished was just, wow. What a ride. 21 movies now 22 with Endgame and it was just like you could see the culmination of everything there were easter eggs and throwbacks to the other movies reenactments of scenes their drama action y'all I think I cried three times during the movie and I am not a crier but it just happened that way one of probably one of my favorite theatrical experiences period just fantastic i mean and enjoying it in a theater with people who feel the same way is amazing like there were certain moments where people are clapping someone may have dropped an f-bomb during a certain scene that i will get to eventually and the whole theater clapped because it just brought you there i thought this movie was absolutely fantastic cannot wait to get more into Dan, what did you think? Oh, it was pretty cool. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was a very funny movie, which I was pleasantly surprised about. Uh, I really enjoyed all of like the the scenes with where the heroes are working toward the end goal of bringing everyone back. The battle was excellently shot. Um, I, I really like the dialogue and the interpersonal relationships developing between the characters. I really like the the more touching scenes, you know, I like the implications for the future. Uh, It really, it really gave us everything we wanted. And for that, I thought it was pretty cool. Mo, you know, piggybacking on what um, Mel and Dan have said, the movie was everything. I mean, for me, just as a, a, a comic fan, I think there was no better presentation. It wasn't perfect. 
but I think it did what it needed to do. It executed well. It brought to the end the arc of Captain America. You know, if you've watched those those Chris Evans, those three Chris Evans, you can see his full story. You know, including those event, those previous Avengers. Uh, movies just come together. I think the same thing with Iron Man as well. You know, I I I felt a little choked up at some parts because I mean, it, it it just cinematically, it just was such a beautiful experience. It it truly felt you truly felt the power of, of these characters. You know, both not just literally but also figuratively, and and that you you saw that these Avengers were were realized human beings and you know this was their story coming to an end for a number of these characters and i just couldn't think of a better way to bring the these first you know 22 mcu films to a close i agree with everything that you guys have said in regarding the culmination Uh, what i loved about this is that it wrapped up in three plus hours the heart and humor that we have seen through so many of the films and everyone has their favorites like the first two thors are not on my list anywhere i'm not big fans of them but as you're watching this film you see how they played into the story there were a lot of humorous moments in this um Obviously, Spidey had some. Thor was the running joke with because of his depression, he'd been eating and drinking his feelings. He put on some weight, which was a running joke. But I it was it was really um, I wouldn't say flawless because that's overstating it. But from what we've come to expect in superhero movies, it's it's pretty much as close to flawless from a just everything made sense everything wrapped up it was a they they tied it up in a very wonderful package and put a bow on it and for that i will be ever grateful there is so much to cover in this i'm going to cliff notes a little bit of it since we have to split the podcast between endgame and game of thrones um obviously after half the world's population vanish the remaining avengers are trying to figure out a way to bring their friends and family back ant-man shows up he thinks that he has a possible way to do it or a hypothesis but he needs either bruce banners or tony stark's help to do it tony isn't too interested in the idea um, because he's in his feelings his daughter he's very much loving his life with his daughter bruce banner is a fully merged banner and Hulk. So we get to see that element, which provided some wonderful comedic moments. The fact that he couldn't act out the Hulk's range after having watched him in Ragnarok was hilarious. Um, But they figure out a way to go back and get the stones and fix the timeline. Mel from a film school perspective, what did you think of how this played out? From a film school pers- perspective, and someone who really likes time travel movies, I I figured they were going to have to mess with time in some way, right? Now, 
if we're thinking about it, I would say logically, but you know, time travel isn't really logic, but you know, roll with me here. There has to be, you knew, you knew they were going to have to go back into time and get the stone somehow to try and get them from Thanos. But you have to remember whatever you do in the past and whatever you change in the past is going to affect the future. And I feel like they kind of played with that aspect of the movie a little bit, but I can forgive that. That's totally fine. Um, I do. If we're talking, you know, film wise i do like the way that it was done where they tried to fix it from their timeline at first you know going to see thanos so on and so forth killing thanos in that era and figure out hey that's not gonna work so we we try to move on with our lives but we can't and we have to go back and fix it so i feel like that was the most um the easiest kind of progression of the movie if we're talking about it in that instance but just seeing how it affects the characters i thought that was pretty realistic as well you know seeing as we've seen their stories on a more singular level and now it's all coming together so yeah i i didn't have a a problem with how they got there really okay so one of the things that getting the stones required was that in some instances they had to make the same sacrifices that we've seen before we'd already lost Gamora this time we have Ronan and Natasha basically fighting it out to sacrifice themselves Mo what did you think of how that played out well I I was I was not I I didn't expect um Natasha Roma, Black Widow, to to be the one who ended up dead. I mean, I didn't... The thing is, we know that uh, Clint Barton, Hawkeye slash Ronan, he's got a, you know, Disney Plus show coming. So, you know, in some shape or form, that character was going to be around. I just, I just didn't think they were going to go there and do it. And it really does make me curious about this rumored Black Widow movie that's supposed to be coming, what's it going to be? A prequel? You know, I mean, is there, are they going to establish a new Black Widow? What are they going to do? I felt like the, the scenes in and of itself, you could just see how conflicted both characters were. You know, they certainly, neither one of them wanted to die. But at the end of the day, they each had their own demons that they were battling and just decided, you know what? Hell, if if I can atone for my sins, you know, I will die saving my friends, my loved ones, just trying to p- bring the world back. And I think that's about as heroic as you can go out, you know, and it and, you know, that's what being an Avenger is about is just, you know, doing what you need to do, making that ultimate sacrifice if necessary. Dan, what did you think of the loss of Natasha? Uh, I'm I was pretty heartbroken. Um, I'm not gonna lie, the the change in mood between because it I, I'd like to imagine they were sitting there for a while there being like, all right, how are we gonna get around this whole sacrifice situation? And Red Skull's just sitting there. And I'd like to imagine you know, 45 minutes later. They, they they had to come up with this this you know, this outcome, um, but you know it's really sad. I I really liked uh, 
Scarlett Johansson's portrayal of Natasha Romanoff. Um, I was really excited when they announced a Black Widow movie. And as much as I enjoy period pieces and, you know, them going back to her roots and all of this stuff, I also was kind of hoping they would be able to move the story forward with something that mattered, like, for the greater purpose of the future of the MCU. Instead, we're just kind of filling in blanks, like like a Star Wars prequel kind of situation, which isn't bad. It just it doesn't have the same consequences as a Black Widow movie would ha- if she were alive in the present day. Um, speaking, I will of cons- s- speaking of consequences, time travel can be a bitch, especially if you bring back the wrong nebula. That was an interesting twist. What I thought was curious about it is there had been earlier in the film, there had sort of been Bruce Banner like and making jokes about all the different time travel movies and TV shows and all this other stuff and how that was all nonsense. And I sort of felt like in this film, that was sort of their setup to basically just clearing the slate and writing all of their own rules for time travel because Nebula in the past coming to the present to be killed by the the one in the present, it it was a little timey-wimey, but yet I sort of believed it because they were basically making it up as they went along with their own rules. But I did not necessarily see Nebula killing herself as something that was going to happen. So in this film, we have Neb- uh, one of the Nebulas. We, we got Gamora back. We lost Natasha. Obviously, we're going to get to Tony. Um, those were some pretty big deaths, Like I, in comparison to like Game of Thrones, which we'll discuss in a little bit, I had some friends who were like, "There, not as many people died in in the battle Battle of Winterfell as I thought there would be," and in this film, more people died. Like I'm, I've sort of gotten accustomed to Marvel being a little bit having a little bit of sanitized comics like stories as it was. Yes, we lost Gamora in Infinity War, but it wasn't quite the same because you didn't have as big a loss as in the previous films. So in this one, it felt like the deaths that took place were huge, at least for me. So Nebula infiltrates the Avengers when they return back to the present. She makes it so that Thanos can come through with his big ass spaceship and he lights the Avengers base on fire with missiles. Mo, what did you think of how that all played out? Well, well, before I went, you did you missed one major death that you forgot. Thor got that head when he, he took uh, see, Thanos's head at the beginning. You see, forgot about I for, that. Okay, I forgot about it, but here's the thing about that, and maybe I did it subconsciously, because that was the one thing about this film that took me out of it. We went through all of that in the previous film. For them to just show up, tackle him once, and chop off his head in the first five minutes, that was, for me, the part that was like, what the fuck just happened? Now, once you re-watch the rest of the film and they explain what happens, it makes sense. But in that moment when I was watching it, I was like, they couldn't have done this in the first film. Here's the thing. You had to give Thanos his victory. Exactly. Okay? You had to, as, as, yep. as, in terms of like a story arc projection, uh, um, 
Um, if you and again, I'm going, I'm going back to the Infinity Gauntlet comic. Thanos wins. There is a part in the in the Infinity, the original Infinity Gauntlet comic, where Thanos wins. Okay, so you have to give him his victory. Okay, that's how the first film ends, and that's perfectly fine. You know, you know, and I do agree. You know, it is it, it was a like oh what the fuck moment when, you know, they capture him and then kill him like you know literally like within the first fifteen minutes. Okay, but again, that of course then sets up the whole tammy whammy sort of stuff we, we get later on with the nebulas killing each other and 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 Gamora return so it, it kind of sets that precedence where we're going to be dealing with you know alternate reality or alternate timeline versions of characters and so forth okay um now getting back to your uh question regarding you know thanos showing up with his his giant big ass spaceship and you know the Black Order and and so forth. You know attacking the Avengers base. You know I think that you know for me you you knew you were going to have to get something on the scale of that magnitude. You know certainly when they were going to bring back characters like Spider Man and and Black Panther and you know Cap Carol was going to come in dramatically. You knew you were going to get that and those that felt very much like a lord of the rings kind of moment and even you know you got some feels some game of thrones feels in there about that big battle and the the parts of that battle for me were you know the the physicality of it you know um we got a bit of that in the first one with thanos but this time you know it's like the avengers feel like hey we 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 can't lose this we really truly cannot lose this and you know you have uh, Captain America that at that point wielding Mjolnir and just just literally just pulling like a Ryu and Ken from Street Fighter and uppercutting Thanos with that. <laughs> that I was like, <laughs> but I mean, and then when you have <laughs> Thor going, I knew it. Yeah, I mean, like, oh. but it, I, I was, yeah, I went to I was at the theater with my um my significant other, and at that point, she was like, how can he pick up that hammer? And I had to explain that to her. You know, that's in the comics, you know. You got that moment when Cap pick, is able to pick up that hammer and just start wailing on somebody with it. I was jump, I was literally about to jump out of my seat. Ooh, um, but again, um, just to summarize, I, I felt like th- there was, that was a very impressive battle scene, again, on the scales of of, of Game of Thrones on the scales of and and you know the the various Lords of the Ring movies it it was really good. I actually felt that this was the most epic battle we've seen in film since Lord of the Rings. That like mm. har- it reminded me very much of my favorite battles from Lord of the Rings. Dan, let's talk a little bit about pre the portals opening and the struggle that was going on. Tony Cap. And the rest of the surviving team about Thanos uh, um, against Thanos. What did you think of that portion before all of a sudden the whisper came and it was like, watch out on what was it, your right or left? And on the, your po- left. On your left. On and, your left. And then that the portals so start. Uh, and then it's the a por- callback. And oh. then the portals start opening. Dan, what did you think about pre portal fight? Uh, it was all right, you know. It, it it was exactly what I thought it would be with, you know, Thor 
Iron Man, Captain America, finally just knockout, drag out fight. Um, it, it was everything I expected. Um, really, the those portals and the the addition of those people really just it, it made it so much better. And that's you know, it, it it's kind of like a symphony in that it starts out like pretty good. And then it gets better, and then Captain Marvel shows up, and you know, like, that's when they drop the beat, and suddenly it's like this beautiful, uh, just orchestra of battle, and heroes, and villains, and you you care about all of it. it it's wonderful. See, I the one thing that I would just sort of, I'm sort of curious as to how this is going to play out, but... I feel like they may have overpowered Captain Marvel just a little bit, but that's maybe a topic for another time. Uh, Mel, the portals mm-hmm. open. T'Challa comes through. It, all of our favorites. Spidey is back. Oh, that warmed my heart. Him reuniting with Tony Stark was probably one of the highlights for me. Also his chase. What did you think of the battle as we moved into the main portion of it? Oh, the battle. So by this time in the movie, I'm on the edge of my seats. Thanos has destroyed the compound. We see Ronan. He's got the Infinity Gauntlet. He's running away. When he shoots that arrow down the dark hallway and we see those things from the first Avengers movie, I think the whole theater was like, oh, no, not these again. So, you know, as they're battling, I love the whole Captain America being able to pick up Thor's hammer, beating Thanos with it. That was amazing. And then you hear Sam in his ear. Cap, come in. I was like, oh, oh, everyone's back. Everyone's back on your left. And it is literally heroes everywhere. What a fantastic scene. I, oh. I'm getting chills just as we're talking about it. Oh, my gosh. Everybody's coming through. And then Dr. Strange is like, is that everybody? And what's his friend, Wong? He was like, you want more people? Are you kidding me right now? So I thought that was great. Then we get into the actual big battle itself. That was so well done. Oh, my gosh. Just cinematically, you knew who everyone was. Everyone's fighting. It's chaos. But it's also poetry at the same time. And I thought that was so great. And then my girl Scarlet Witch showed up, (laughs) y'all. She showed up. Her eyes is glowing red. And she gave Thanos the whole corporation. Okay? She was getting ready to rip this dude apart. If it wasn't out for him saying, oh, rain, fire, rain it down, that was about to be over. It was about to be it. I cannot wait for the Scarlet Witch series on Disney Plus streaming service. Y'all don't even know. Um, Captain Marvel showing up was good as well. I kind of wish she they'd give her like maybe more of a part in the movie because she kind of showed up with like not necessarily. See, but I think that's time. I see, but that's what I think about like They've made her so powerful that they they can't keep her around very often or else Mm -hmm. the other people can't struggle. And that's like, it's it's a little bit concerning going forward. Yeah, Yeah. I I, I can definitely see that. I did laugh when Thanos tried to headbutt her and she was like, "Mm -mm, try again, sir, because that's not going to (laughs) work. One of my favorite moments of that was when we had the girl power moment uh, uh, where they all came together to help Spidey. I loved that. 
don't worry she has help and we see all the ladies and they give them a little bit of their due i wish they would have gotten more but you know what it was nice that they gave them a nod because they definitely deserved it um spidey and tony stark's reunion y'all literally the whole movie tony stark just kept saying i lost the kid I lost the kid. He had a framed picture of Spider-Man in his house. Like, that was low-key his first kid. So just to see them finally reunite and Tony Stark shed some of his, you know, I wouldn't say sour demeanor, but, you know, just shed some of his steel demeanor. Go ahead. All right. Pun time. That was Uh, fantastic. Dan, what did you think uh, of the battle once the portals opened? Oh my gosh, I was all for it. Seeing the Guardians again was like especially cool for me because having that scene between Peter Quill and Gamora and Nebula where Nebula's like, what? when Gamora's like, him? I fall for him? And Nebula's like, yeah, I know, I don't get it either. And like, she like knees him twice and it, oh, it was great. Um, I also really enjoyed uh, the dialogue between Peter Parker and Carol Danvers, where she's like, hey, hi, I'm Peter Parker. He's all, like, scared on the ground. And, like, she, like a boss, has, like, so much power over him. It's like, oh, this is adorable. Hey, Peter Parker, you got something for me? Oh, He was infatuated. He was infatuated. He, oh, my That's gosh. That's a whole lot of women. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> yes, it like is. 17. So when he, she rolled up like that, he was like, hey, 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 hey. He wasn't mm-hmm. ready. He wasn't ready. No, absolutely not. He uh, he couldn't handle that. Who knew spiders it's... were into cougars? <laughs> so hey. wait, his pubes started popping or something? I, I, I'm just saying, like, puberty has different faces. And Spider-Man just experienced one in the middle of Endgame. So there's, there's that. Um, but, th- I mean, the Scarlet Witch scene, like Mel said is so cool and so powerful just the idea that this guy took everything from her he doesn't know who she is but she's going to tear him into pieces i i really don't want to have to pay for disney plus but I feel like I might have I've, to. I've pretty much come to the realization that Disney Plus is going to be the one along with Netflix. And then HBO and the others will just like once Game of Thrones is done, unless some they have some like in, until the next Game of Thrones series comes. I don't think I need to have HBO, but I'll need to have Netflix and Disney Plus because with all the Marvel movies going there. I regularly log in and watch Thor Ragnarok because I love that movie. Mo, what did you think of the battle once the portals opened? Well, you know what? You know, we it was a long time coming, but, you know, Peppa Potts, she got her suit. Yes, she you know, did. She was bringing in the action. You know, I mean, she was showing up. You know, we got Team Iron Man, you know, between Ro- her, uh, Peppa, Rhodey, Tony. You know, they were in formation. But again, like Mel said, Scarlet Witch, she came to play. And even though in this continuity she is not Magneto's daughter, you know she was her her father's daughter because she was gonna rip 
him in half. And that would have been a Magneto move. But uh, anyway, um, you know, I think that that scene just just showing the teamwork amongst the characters, especially, you know, we got the glimpses of showing, you know, Black Panther working with Spider-Man and, and, and Spidey again working with Carol. You know, that kind of we kind of get a little taste, I think, of what could be the new sort of Avengers team going forward and what that team could possibly be. And and so I'm I, I'm most ready here for it. I think it was a nice showcase for them. But again, um, this the particularly this battle sequence did a real good job of keeping the core, the focus on, you know, uh, all the other heroes who came back, but at the same time, maintain the action on Tony Thor and, and, and cap, because again, at the end of the day, this is their movie. I think when they, the three of them were fighting Thanos, it kind of, in my mind was a callback to, uh, Captain America civil war. Yep. When uh, Bucky and Cat with double teaming up, <laughs> double teaming up Tony, and I was like, I just wanted to start screaming and hollering because that's what it felt like. It was just that um, when they were triple teaming uh, Thanos. So um, I really, I feel like in terms of like the battle sequence, it gave everybody a spotlight. It gave us the fans, I think, what it. It does what we wanted, what we needed to see at the culmination of that movie, and again, kind of gave us a little hint of what could be because it would be nice to see Valkyrie, you know, mixing up with Pepper Potts and um, mixing it up with Shuri and, and so forth. So, you know, hopefully, we'll we've got a lot of new candidates for this new Avengers team going forward. I sort of feel you also have a young Avengers if they would decide to do it. We got to the point where we had. Tony asked Strange whether or not this was the scenario in which they beat Thanos. And Strange replied that he couldn't say because it would influence it. And a little bit later, the for me, what may have been the most chilling moment is Tony looked at Strange and Strange raised a single finger. And at that moment, the audience might have gotten what was going to be happening earlier in the film, but at that moment, Tony realized it. And he basically sacrificed himself. He went out in glory, but he sacrificed himself. Mel, what'd you think? Oh, I thought that was great. I mean... The, the build-up to it definitely paid off in the end. Like, the payoff... I mean, we've got Doctor Strange holding off the water from flooding the battle. And he and Tony Stark kind of lock eyes. And he gives them the, all right, we got one chance. And this is our one chance. I told you, out of 14 million possibilities, we got one. Make it a good one, basically. And we knew it was going to come down to Thanos and Iron Man. It had to. There was no other way, you know? So when we see Thanos and he actually gets the Infinity Gauntlet 
and he snaps his fingers and nothing happens. You're like, wait, wait, what happened? Did he pull it off? And I was like, you know what? That makes sense because this was something, this was a homemade infinity gauntlet that Tony made. So of course he, he's going to know all the tricks and the trades of it. So when he's, he's got all of the stones and you see it on his fingers. And as soon as he said, and I am, and I was like, here we go. Iron man. I knew it. I knew he was going to say that it was so great to watch I just, ugh. You was talking about getting chills. That's what I start getting chills about this. And after, when it's all over, and Thanos finally fades away as he made everyone else fade away, and we see Tony Stark, and you realize, wow, this is the end. Like, this is it. And it's definitely a full circle moment because the MCU started with Iron Man. So what we start with, we end with. And watching everyone just kind of say their goodbyes on the battlefield, I definitely don't think Tony would have wanted to go out any other way. And if, you know, we go back to all of the other movies, there's kind of always this one moment where Tony Stark is trying to sacrifice himself and he always kind of pulls through. But with this being the end, it had to be the end. So I thought that was great. Peter and Pepper saying goodbye to him was heartbreaking mo what did you think of tony's sacrifice yeah mel summed it up i mean it 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 came down to tony it had to be tony it i mean who else was going to make that kind of sacrifice because again the mcu began with iron man um but i do love the fact that you know in tony's last moments you know you know unfortunately his daughter obviously couldn't be there but you know he was surrounded by, you know, the love of his life, Pepper, and his surrogate son, you know, and 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 it was an interesting kind of inverse of what we got in Infinity War between Tony and Peter. We now get that with uh, Peter and Tony, whereas it's it's Tony's the one that's going, and so it, it's there's this beautiful symmetry there, and I think that, you know. It's it's for for Spider Man going forward. I'm I'm curious to see if this this is his second Uncle Ben moment, you know, because with, with Spider Man it's always been about with great power comes great responsibility, and he learned that you know, you know, tragically from his Uncle Ben dying. But now in the MCU, you know, you know, he has also a second Uncle Ben, and in the form of Tony Stark. And it's like you know, what kind of hero is Peter Parker going to be from this? You know, he's going to take this moment and run with it. I, I'm I'm very curious to see you know you know how how Tony's death will impact Peter going forward. Dan, what did you think of Tony's sacrifice? I mean, there there's not a whole lot to be said that hasn't already been more eloquently put by uh, Mel and Mo. But man, that was it, it was a powerful moment. It always had to be Tony. It it really encapsulated and put a it really encapsulated his run as Iron Man in terms of you know putting the greater good above his own well being. Even though it like Mo said, it always sort of worked out near the end. This is the one time. Just like the millions of situations that Doctor Strange went through, this is the one that would work out for everyone except for Tony. Um, but it, it had to be done. Um, seeing Pepper and Peter, uh, that it, it was hard. Um, 
and it got even harder during the funeral because um, I think Happy broke me more. <gasps> oh. oh my gosh! Do you like what, what? What do you want? What do you want to eat? Cheeseburgers. You you know your dad liked cheeseburgers. I'm gonna feed you every cheeseburger, like as many cheeseburgers as you want. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh the cheeseburgers. Oh man. Well, there. As we wrap up the discussion of Endgame, there's just a couple things that I want to bring up. This film, in addition to having the heart wrenching moments, had some poignant moments, which most of which we've discussed, but also had some humorous Captain America's ass being America's ass. Was it is? It is. I can verify that. Thor, uh, Thor's depression and drinking, and the jokes how that played out was really well done. When As, Thor's Baba told him to eat a salad, y'all, I was on the floor. That the Asgardians of the Galaxy is the thing that I didn't know I needed. I know it was in comics because I have those comics, but in the MCU, it was the I didn't know I needed, but I need it really bad, especially considering the Quill versus Thor dynamic. Um, Ant Man's Taco. Yes, Ant-Man's mm. Taco and Bruce with Ant-Man. I almost feel like we need a Hulk and Ant-Man movie now. Captain America being able to put the stones back in place and instead of coming back to the present, he lives his life with Peggy. Mo, what was your final thoughts on this film? Or final thought? You touched on it with Peggy. And I liked when um, how they handled, you know, resolving Cap and Tony's issues by having them team up, go back to 1970 and go to that shield factory where they could get that, get the cosmic cube. And, and you have, you know, that moment where, you know, he, you know, Cap sees, he sees, he sees Peggy in, in another office and he looks and sees this photo of him, you know, and he feels like, you know, she still wants that dance. She still is in love. This is 1970. I've been gone at this point, you know, like 25 years. She still wants that dance. So that was some nice symmetry, how they brought that back at the end with the two of them having that final dance and Steve and Peggy being reunited. I think that that was the best ending, the most logical ending for that character. Final thought, Dan? I 100% agree with Mo in terms of this, that being it for me, it was probably the most emotionally poignant moment of the movie. And that includes the deaths because Captain America had to live through, you know, everyone he knew was dead. And now he has a chance to live a full life with Peggy. Uh, I will say they need to like synthesize his blood and give Sam like a leg up because I don't want him going in as Captain America, like not having the same abilities that Steve had. Like let let's let's help Sam out, because um, Sam's going to be an amazing Captain America, and I can't wait to see more from him and more from Bucky. It was a very uh, emotional moment and the perfect punctuation mark to a. Very cool movie. Mel, final thought? My final thought is the scene in the movie where someone yelled out, holy fuck, was Captain America in the elevator with Hydra. That whole reenactment was mind-blowing. So I thought that was great. But in terms of... was a nod to the very controversial um, Mm -hmm. recent comic story. So that was interesting. 
Yes, so I thought that was great. But in regards to the whole movie, I definitely agree that Captain America's character couldn't end any other way. And I love that he essentially passed the torch to Sam. So, and I also think that the ending of Endgame sets up Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So, um, that's pretty exciting. But I, I love this movie. My final thought is, I love the loophole that they drove the uh, Loki truck through to bring him back to life. I am very happy about that. Okay, so, a little bit of a change mid-plan in this podcast. We are running out of time. I have a hard break that I have to go to. So, what we're going to do is Mel and Mo are going to return. We are going to record the Battle of, um, for Winterfell and then this Sunday's episode, we're going to uh, record our discussion for it. I apologize that it's not in this podcast, but I'm glad that we had were able to have the discussion that we did about Endgame because I feel like, and this is something that I was discussing with a different friend, this is a cultural moment. The fact that we had Endgame and Game of Thrones on the same weekend, and it monopolized the world's social or pop culture conscience and i'm not sure if it is a better example of like that geekdom has arrived than those two and i am convinced that it is the reason why the daytime emmys rescheduled from the last sunday of april to my birthday because now i have to do blogging on my birthday for the daytime emmys which i love the emmys was not wanting to do it on my birthday sorry um so it's been a very interesting couple weeks for geek pop culture. I cannot wait to discuss Game of Thrones with you guys. We would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. You can find Mo on Twitter at drmo 77 Mel is at Melody Eagles and Dan is Real Dan Pierce. I am at Luke underscore Kerr. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Bye, everybody. Happy free comic book day. We love you, 3000. Bye.